Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Wealth Guardians radio show. Happy Super Bowl weekend, Bryce. Are we allowed to say that? Are we allowed to use that word? I guess. it's. This is what, 55? Yeah, I think 55 or 54. I don't know. I, I After 50, when the Broncos won, I, I lost <laughs> count. count. I think that, that, was, that was the pinnacle for me. But uh, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. You know, for me, Doug, uh, Super Bowl weekend marks a low point in the year for me because after Super Bowl is done... There's nothing but cold weather <laughs> until spring happens, so there's nothing to look forward to on the weekends anymore. I don't know. You 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 watch golf more than I do, so maybe you've got some golf happening right yeah, now. I mean, but. you know, there there there's some great golf tournaments coming up. I mean, they're out on the West Coast now, and uh, then there's April, the Masters. Yeah, see, but I don't watch that. So I, I, this is for me depressing. This is the last hurrah before it's the long, dark, cold winter. But folks, I'll tell you, Doug. If you if you know us, I'm a Broncos fan. Doug is a Green Bay Packers fan. And uh, here in our studio, we've started piling in all of our little <laughs> trinkets that we have that the wives don't want us to have around the house. So it's kind of filled with uh, football, uh, some autographed helmets sitting around here, and cool little stuff and uh i brought in my wife got me a um super bowl denver broncos super bowl uh ring what do you call that doug um a little display case it's a display case with and, your just your little three with rings. the three, three rings in it <laughs> so i brought that and i was all proud put that up here in the studio and doug's like oh yeah that's cute the next week doug comes in with his it's got the same exact thing but with the green bay packers and how many rings is in that five yeah six 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 so that's so he's got to one up me somehow just because his team has been around longer 13 uh, world championships yeah well those are that's back when there were only four teams half the time so yeah, that's true too <laughs> I mean, they're only 100 years old yeah that's that's a good that's a good legacy to have right there yep. all right folks well uh thank you for tuning in with us if you uh, know us at all we're the wealth guardians and we're going to be walking you through some uh discussions about financial planning and retirement planning but before we get started on that doug uh, who do we want to give a shout out to this week besides the football players well obviously every show we want to recognize our uh, service members our veterans our first responders just to say thank you because we know what kind of sacrifice you're doing out there and uh, especially your family too because they sacrifice right along with you when you're gone it's absolutely true so thank you everybody out there who uh, puts on the uniform and works for the greater good we thank you for your sacrifice you're always on our minds here and doug we are going to do uh listener questions uh we've backed up a little bit so i know we did it recently but we've got some more to do here so we're going to tackle that again and uh, we had a question come into us um last time that we didn't get to and i think it's a good question it's from april and clemens and she asks us uh, doug and bryce my husband and i plan to take care of one another as we get older unless one of us is just in extremely bad health since this is our plan how much long-term coverage do we really need thinking that she might not need a lot if they're going to just take care of each other and that is a really good question april i mm -hmm. think it's a good question not because it's relevant just to you and it's something that we cover, but I think a majority of people out there think along the same lines that you do. And this is probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest derailer of a retirement plan is unforeseen healthcare or specifically long-term care expenses, how that can stack up. And Doug, I'll let you chip in here in just a moment. But one thing that I wanted to say is April, I want you to consider this. Over 50% of the time, when one of the spouses falls ill and the other spouse is taking care of them, who do you think passes away first? 
it is not the one who was requiring care from the other spouse. It is the spouse that was providing the care that ends up passing away first. It is such a taxing and strain on them that they fall into a deeper health decline than the spouse who was already sick. Doug, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, being in this business for 32 years, uh, I've heard this story over and over again. You know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of my spouse when when the time comes, and I remember vividly a few years ago clients who uh, such a sad story. He he started having memory issues. She was a nurse actually, and so she was taking care of him at home, and then she came down with cancer, and it just spiraled out of control from there. Everybody goes into retirement thinking, yeah, we're gonna take care of each other. Unfortunately, Bryce, you're right. I mean, it is the caretaking spouse that ends up getting sick or passing away first. So, you know, long-term care is such an important part of a retirement plan. We really emphasize it in our planning process, and there's a lot of ways to do it. Now, she brings up a good point. You know, if they are going to take care of each other, maybe there's a time that they can do that. So maybe they don't need a full long-term care plan. Maybe they can get by with, say, half. You know, in these parts, uh, a, a good long-term care facility is going to run you six, seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars a month. Yeah. You know, hopefully uh, you've got some coverage in there for uh, at-home care. Uh, everybody wants to stay home, and that is about, you know, half to three quarters of, of that number. So maybe you can get yourself a, a policy that covers both of you for three or four thousand dollars a month in coverage, uh, but it's worth you going out and getting some quotes on. That's three, th- three or four thousand dollars is not what it costs them. That's what it would pay out. That's to right. Them. That's so, a benefit. Yeah. So talk just for a minute about Doug. Uh, I, I, this is huge, and I think this is one of the bigger misconceptions about long-term care: is it is not necessarily any more use it or lose it type of coverage, like your car insurance. That if you invest five hundred dollars a month into it and you never end up needing it, that that money is just gone. That is absolutely not the case. We always try to fit in what's called an asset-based long-term care plan uh, in our planning, if there's the resources to fund that. And you're right, Bryce, it is not use it or lose it. It, You're going to use this money one way or the other. Either you're going to use it for at-home care or long-term care in a facility, or it's just going to grow for you like a bank account, maybe a couple, three percent a year. You can use the cash or if you pass away, then a beneficiary is going to get what's left in the policy. Right. So if you, we all envision ourselves going into retirement. We've been healthy most of our lives. We imagine that we will be healthy right up until the last week of our life. We'll be sick for a week, and then we pass away. That's how we all want it to happen. That's not usually how it happens. But if that was how it happened, all that money that you put into a long-term care policy is not wasted. It still goes to a beneficiary. It's still there for your surviving spouse if they want it. So, uh, April, I applaud you for thinking and taking on the the uh, the challenge of you two looking after each other. But by and large, that is not a plan that works out well for people, and they do end up needing long-term care coverage at some point. So having the insurance to cover those costs is what's going to protect your overall financial plan. So thank you for the question, and I hope that uh, answered your question there. Uh, Doug, let's move on to one more here. Uh, Robert in Louisville has a really interesting question. He's uh, been doing some saving. He says, Doug and Bryce, uh, which is better, to max out your Roth 401k or Roth IRA? I'm in my mid-30s, 
and already getting the 401k match from an employer and then adding an additional 5% on that in the Roth 401k. Okay, great, Robert. Thank you. Should I put the remainder of my retirement savings into a Roth IRA or more toward that Roth 401k? I probably can't max out both. So should I do one more than the other or a little bit in each? Does it make a difference? So, Robert, thank you for the question, and you do realize, of course, and I'll say this for the listeners out there, if you're contributing to a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA, that is not a tax deduction for the year that you are taking it, then making that contribution, unlike an IRA or a traditional 401k where you get the tax break that year. However, all the contributions, however much they grow until you're ready to take them out, they have grown tax-free. So it's not a tax break for you in the now, it's a tax break for you in the future. So Doug, Robert wants to know really, should I contribute to my Roth 401k? Should I contribute to my Roth IRA or both? Or does it make a difference? You know, that's a good question. And I I don't know that there's a, a perfectly right or a perfectly wrong answer to that question. And uh, the reason I say that, there's a lot of uh, things that the variables in the background, we don't know about. How much money do you make? Are you capable of fully maxing out your your Roth 401k? If you're not, I think I would lean towards maxing out the Roth 401k as much as possible rather than uh, the Roth IRA. It's still going to grow tax-free. You're still getting your seasoning. You're going to have a loan provision, most likely. Okay, uh, so there's a benefit for the Roth 401k that you don't have for the Roth IRA. Right. And once you max that out, then make some contributions to your uh, Roth IRA. But, uh, I, you know, I don't see a perfectly right, perfectly wrong answer here. No, the only, the only qualifier would be, uh, Robert, are you happy with the investment options in right. your 401k? You're, you're generally pretty limited in what you – you might have 20, 30, maybe 40 if you've got a good plan, investment options in your 401k, and that's it. But a Roth, just a traditional Roth, of course, you're, you're limited to your contributions of $7,000 a month there. I mean, I'm sorry, a year. But you have the entire world of investments open to you through the traditional Roth IRA as opposed to the Roth 401k. So think about that. If you're happy with your investment options and you're happy with the fees, if you've had your fees analyzed and you think that they are decent in your Roth 401k, then just go with that. And then if you have extra after you've maxed out that, then go to your uh, just your, your Roth IRA and, and put what you can of that 7000 Or depending on your, your only, I'm sorry, you're only 30, so that would be, what, 6500 I guess, yeah. um, in there. So that's our answer to you, Robert. Uh, it's going to come down to mostly your investment options and are you happy with them. And, you know, Doug, let's, let's talk about the Aprils and the Roberts out there who are uh, planning ahead for retirement and planning ahead for savings for retirement. What we do here at the Wealth Guardians is we really help people make these decisions on a customized basis. When they come into us, they sit down with us. Generally, it's a four-meeting process. We've taken a look at all of the moving parts in their financial situation, how, how long until they're ready to retire, how much have they saved, what are their expenses, what will they have in Social Security, what might they have in pensions, all of those moving parts. And we help them put together a financial plan so that they're going into retirement the right way. And folks, if you've got questions along these lines or maybe slightly different and you want to sit down and pick our brains and talk to us and see what services we can provide for you, you can just pick up the phone and give us a call at 336 391 Three four zero nine. We'd love to sit down with you. We'd love to see what we can help you out with. Three three six three nine one three four zero nine. Now we've got to get to a quick trivia question here, Doug. What did Paul Revere shout 
on his midnight ride in 1775, April 18, 1775. And I'm going to give you a clue. It was not the British are coming. Mm, okay. okay. All right, folks, stick around through the break. We'll be back with that answer and some more an- listener questions. And welcome back to the Wealth Guardians Radio Show, folks. Thank you for sticking around through the break. I want you to ask yourself a question out there. Are you five to seven years from retirement? If you answered yes, then I want you to think about this. You can give us a call at 336-391-3409 and let us help you plan for retirement financially so that you are not working longer than you have to, you're not retiring too soon, that you've got the income, and yet you still quit the job. So let us help you figure out how you retire the job and keep the paycheck. All you got to do is pick up the phone, 336-391-3409. Doug has been doing this for 32 years. I've been doing it for 11 years, retirement planning. No cost, no obligation to sit down with us, 336-391-3409. We look forward to sitting down with you as well. Now, Doug, uh, we had to rush through that trivia question here on the uh, on the front side. What did Paul Revere shout on his midnight run in 17, April 18, 1775? And I gave you a clue. It is not the British are coming. You know, I think I've heard this before, but I am totally stumped. Okay. Well, we were all considering ourselves British at the time. So when we yelled the British are coming, that would be like yelling the Americans are coming today. It wouldn't. People would be like, "What are you? What are you talking? What's this crazy guy riding through the town on a horse, yelling that the Americans are coming for?" So they were known as the regulars. Oh. So, however, he probably did not shout anything because when he was what he was referring to were the seven hundred British troops that were coming down to Concord to arrest Sam Adams and John Hancock who were holed up in a house there because they were considered fugitives by the British at that time or by the the government at that time. So 700 troops had been sent out to go to their house and arrest them. So Paul Revere was writing in advance to warn them that they're about to be arrested. So he probably actually wasn't yelling anything because he was just trying to make his way to Sam and John and talk to them about their financial institution in their beer anyway <laughs> so uh, it's funny how we take those names and we make businesses out of them I, I know, <laughs> Adam, right? john john hancock uh anyway so they, if he if he yelled anything it was the regulars are coming not the british are coming so there's our trivia question for uh for the week folks pat yourself on the back if you got that right we're going to continue now with our listener questions so the same thing we were doing in the first segment we're going to move on now and i want to get to mary in bermuda run and she's got a question that we, we don't talk about as often as we should uh, in our line of work, Doug. And it's about HSA accounts. And she says, Doug and Bryce, I've been maxing out contributions toward an HSA for the past few years and feel ready to invest these funds. Since I'm still over 20 years from retirement age, should I use the auto investment advisor tool to get my HSA funds in the market? Or should I reach out to a financial advisor to help me Decide Now, an HSA account, for those of you out there who don't know, is a health savings account. I have that option available to me, but Doug, I've never used an HSA account, partly because I've been fortunate enough at 52 years of age for most of my life to be in very good health and have never had a lot in health care expenses. So I've never taken advantage of that. And I've actually, quite honestly, never thought that the benefits of it were that significant. 
but talk to us first off before we get to Mary's question about why an HSA account might be beneficiary for somebody as opposed to just paying for their expenses outright. Well, you know, medical expenses can be a deduction on your 1040 return, but then it's subject to uh, certain income limitations. I think it's uh, – before you can deduct your uh, expenses, I think it's got to be over 10% of your adjusted gross. So and whatever your health care costs are, it has to be above a certain yeah, amount. Yeah. And that's when you get the tax break. That's when you get the tax break. Okay. So an a- HSA is, is designed to help fill in that gap. It can be used for any kind of qualified medical expense. It could be used for uh, classes, contacts, uh, dental work. I mean, you name it. But... Um, you know, and it's like it's very much like a Roth IRA account where you put the money in it, and it's going to grow tax-free. The free part is if if you do use it for a qualified medical expense, but um, they're good accounts to have if you have have the ability to have one. And you have significant. <clears throat> you think you're going to have significant uh, healthcare expenses. Right. Okay. Right. And, and, you know, the other thing is they're, they're also designed so that if you've got a health insurance that has a pretty high, high deductible, they'll help fill in that gap on that deductible. Uh, most okay. people now do have high deductibles right. with, with their health insurance. And, okay. Uh, it, it could help uh, in that regard. And speaking of this, um, how is your hand doing? Because you had uh, some surgery recently. I had the uh, carpal tunnel surgery on my right hand. Uh, I'm a disc golfer, so on my throwing hand. And um, and I'm also a motorcycle rider, so on my throttle hand. And I had it two weeks ago, tomorrow. And the first week, uh, the surgery went fine. It really only takes about nine minutes for them to do the actual surgery. The first couple of days was interesting because the, num- the uh, numbness from the anesthesia was still there. So I touch my forefinger my finger couldn't feel them anything but i'm just gonna be limited on weight and uh for a while can't lift anything over 10 pounds for a while but then uh, the flexibility is there the the sensitivity is still there so it's going well and we'll see about doing the other wrist in november when riding season and throwing season comes to an end there you go but thank you for asking back to mary's yeah let's bulk of her question was you know should should she get uh, a financial advisor involved in in investing in the HSA account because you can invest your HSA money in pretty much anything. So she's trying to do something else on top of that. She's not just interested in putting the money aside for when she needs it. She wants that to grow, and of right. course, the ta- the growth would be tax free as well. Right, right. Okay. So I would say, you know, we offer that uh, service to our clients who have outside four hundred one ks that they can't move yet or something like that. We we guide them in in, in that direction, and I. I don't know if you have a financial advisor or not, uh, but if you do, then um, I'm, I'm sure they would be more than happy to help you. On the other hand, this might be a very, very good uh, account to start learning how to invest yourself. A lot there, of great books out there. One of the main ingredients, <coughs> or one of the main factors for considering what to invest in, though, is timeline, time horizon. How long until I need this money? Mm-hmm. When it's a health savings account, you might not know how long until you need that money. So right. if she's investing it and it goes down in value, I mean, that's like any other investment account. She puts $10,000 in there for 2020 and the markets go down. Now she's only got 9000 It could work against you. And the reason I bring that up is because a lot of investment pools of money that you have, you know how long until you need them, either until you're ready to make the down payment on a house, until you're making student loan payments, or you're drawing money for retirement. You can get a sense of when those happen down the road. So you can invest in the right thing 
uh, for that timeline. But a health savings account, you might not know in, when you need it. And therefore, you want to be a little bit uh, more careful with your investments within it. Exactly. Okay. All right. So that was Mary. Mary, thank you for the question. We appreciate that. That's not a topic we get to talk about very much here. So thank you for that. Doug, let's move on to um, Justin in Statesville. He says, I'm planning to retire within two years. A close family member of mine is out of work due to the pandemic. And that's, you are not alone there, Justin. And they need some help to pay off credit card bills that have piled up after they uh, burn through their emergency savings. What's the best way to tap into my savings to help them out? Mm. Okay. So there's the short answer is it depends. (laughs) It depends. Yeah, it always does, doesn't it? You know, I, I think, let's assume that they will pay you back at some point in the future. You know, the idea of uh, taking a loan out of your 401k, that comes to mind. And there's no age. You, you can do that at any point. At any with point. With most plans. Right. And, and and when you're paying that back, you know, basically the interest on it is, is going to go right back into your 401k. So it's like you're paying yourself back. Yeah, you're not paying a, th- a third party off. When you take a loan from your 401k, folks, um, remember that the interest that you pay back on that, you're paying yourself. So mm-hmm. you're not paying a third party back. You know, then the next option, I would say, if you have any cash savings, that way it wouldn't be a taxable event to you. If you take money out of your IRA or your 401k, that's going to be a taxable event. I don't like that idea that much. Uh, And if you took money out of a Roth, well, then you're giving up that potential tax-free growth. Right. And we didn't, we didn't, Justin, you didn't state here, and this is a key, key point, we don't know how old you are. So if you are over 59 and a half, that opens up a few more options to you than if you're under 59 and a half. And then if you are over, if you're still working, which it sounds like you are, if you're over 62 or 66, then that opens up some more doors for you as far as uh, starting Social Security earlier than you had planned. We don't know what kind of income you have versus your expenses that you have. And so there's a lot of factors that go into this, but you've got a number of different options available to you. What Doug and I are concerned about is doing the most advantageous thing for you tax-wise, because if you start tapping into some of your accounts too soon, or you start knocking yourself up above a certain into the next tax bracket accidentally because you've taken money out of an IRA or a 401k, then that five thousand ten thousand dollar loan that you gave a family member suddenly becomes a lot more expensive and they're probably not going to want to pay you back on the taxes that you had to if you loan them ten thousand dollars but it cost you three thousand dollars in taxes are they going to pay you back thirteen thousand dollars are they just going to pay you back the ten thousand dollars so you want to be careful and not hurting yourself when trying to help out a family member at the same time doug do we have time for one more quick one I think we can get to it. Okay, let's talk out, check out uh, Jane in Lexington. She has, I have a question about a 401k funds. If I don't use the target date retirement fund, is there a certain number of funds I should allocate for my 401k? I don't want to under-diversify or over-diversify. What's the right number of funds or does it all just depend? She, she <laughs> listens to us, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, it does. It depends. <laughs> now, thank you for not using target date funds. You know we hate those around here. We do indeed. Um, they, they don't do what you think they're, they're doing. Uh, but uh, is there a right number of funds? Not really. Uh, you know, it does depend. It depends upon, uh, again, your age, your risk tolerance levels, uh, and what you've got in your 401k in the first place. Uh, some 401ks have very, very uh, simple uh, options to choose from, and then there's some out there that just have a ton of stuff to, to choose from. 
But, you know, you also have to think about, well, if you're managing it yourself, you got to keep up with it. you got to keep track of it. So you don't want to have your money in – I've seen people have money in 10, 12, 15 different funds. To me, that's, uh, that is over diversification. Yeah, if you break down and you open up two of the funds that you have, say that you've got the S&P 500 index fund in there, and then you've also got a Vanguard blue chip growth fund in there, probably about 75% of that is overlap. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you're going to have the same companies in both of those funds, and you think you're super duper diversified, and you're really just doubling up on a lot of the stocks in there. So uh, it really does depend, Jane, but you are right. You want to be properly diversified, but just because you grab three or four different mutual funds out of there doesn't mean you're diversifying yourself the way that you think you are, and that's where you really need to look at the holdings within them and have, a, have an advisor give you their thoughts on it, which we're happy to do. And what we're also happy to do is to tell everyone out there to have a great rest of their week, weekend, and uh, Doug, We'll watch the Super Bowl here, and uh, who do you got your money on? Anybody but Brady. Anybody but Brady. I hear you. (laughs) All right, folks. Well, thank you for tuning in. We will check you out next week. And again, 336-391-3409 is our phone number if you want to reach out to us and sit down and get a financial plan going. 336-391-3409. We'd look forward to speaking with you. Have a good one.